We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And a pleasant good morning. We are live and in living color. We are high atop Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium this morning. As we'll be with you until noon. That's right. Nine to noon, you and me, solo show today. Russell's off for the rest of the week. We'll be taking your calls at 301-230-0980 this morning. As we are in Annapolis, we will be broadcasting the Military Bowl, which you can hear live on the Odyssey app later on today. It's a good matchup, too. Duke from the Atlantic Coast Conference, UCF, leaving the American, heading for the Big 12. Officially, they become members in July, but essentially they are members of the Big 12 going forward right now so that should be a great football game coming up later on today here in annapolis and of course they've got a parade that gets ready to step off in about an hour so if you're headed toward the annapolis area uh keep that in your mind as you're traveling this morning it's a great festive time gonna be a nice day too i mean we're gonna get close to 50 degrees here uh by the time we get in the afternoon so a great day if you're looking for something to do if you're off this week Plenty of lower, good lower bowl seats are available. Come on out and watch a good football game this afternoon. Of course, there is news, and we'll talk about all of it. Anything but commander segment coming up this morning. Going to talk with new Navy head coach Brian Newberry in 20 minutes here on the Team 980. Also, the Capitals with a masterful performance, maybe their best of the season, considering the roster that they went to the ice with last night against the New York Rangers, and the Wizards all of a sudden showing life again. Winners of three of four. Great wins on the road to end that road trip. And then coming home last night, and despite 48 from Embiid, but they did the right thing. If Philadelphia is going to play through Embiid and just let him shoot, I mean, yeah, he got 48 points, but you're up 15 at one point uh, in the second quarter. And that's fine. That's fine. You can't let the other guys beat you. You couldn't let Harden beat you uh, as well. And that was a, a fine job by Washington last night. Great balance from the Wizards as Bradley Beal was going toe-to-toe in the first half uh, with Embiid as well. It's good thing, good to see that because you need that from Bradley Beal. I mean, that's your $250 million man. A guy's got to score points. You know, when another guy's taking off, I mean, Embiid had one point, had 25 points. you you got to have somebody that's going toe-to-toe. It's willing to take the ball and let's go do it. Bradley Beal did that last night in the first half as they were able to maintain that pad, eventually win it by five last night. Luka, simply filthy, 60-point triple-double last night. I mean, Look, they just put up the Dirk Nowitzki statue. By the way, if you saw that statue, kind of makes you look at that Sean Taylor one and go, hey, wow, look at that. Um, but Luka, simply insane last night uh, for Dallas. His last week and a half uh, has been ridiculous. I mean, if you're playing, uh, you know, parlays on FanDuel and things of that nature, <laughs> Luka over the point total has got to be uh, something that you're considering almost every night right now uh, for the Dallas Mavericks forward because he has been simply sensational for the Mavs there. But, of course, news this morning. Washington making it official. Of course, we've been talking about it on the show now uh, for a, a little over a week. I mean, you know, Chris has hinted at this consistently about how the the Washington coaching staff was itching for a reason to go back to Carson Wentz And even though Taylor Heineke's first half this past week might have been one of his best halves of football all season long, 
you know, you're talking about a situation where they just need more. They're not scoring enough points. And obviously that wasn't going to make much of a difference on Saturday against the Niners because, you know, a couple of turnovers in the second half imploded, you know, and the game got out of hand. However, if you're scoring more points in the first half, and, yes, we know Dotson dropped the ball the first pass from Heineke on the first drive that probably goes for a touchdown because the DB falls off balance and Dotson probably out sprints him the rest of the way. There's no doubt about that. But this is this is an overall body of work where – There just have not been enough points scored. Taylor even hinted that, you know, look, I mean, he's taken some hits the last couple of weeks. And and it's not all on Taylor Heineke. I think that's the other thing you have to, um, you know, if you're looking at this objectively, it's not all on him. Yes, the offensive line has had critical breakdowns against great pass rushers the last couple of weeks. Those pass rushers make impact plays. And that is one of the things that, you know, right now this offense has got to – compensate for and find a way to help you know Charles Leno and Cornelius Lucas against great pass rushers I mean they get another one this week Miles Garrett the following week they got Mike Micah Parsons and the Cowboys again so if I'm Scott Turner and I'm the offensive staff I, I gotta I gotta think of ways to enhance protections right now and also find a way quite frankly you know I mean look Carson Wentz can go get you an explosive player too you gotta make this easier you can't keep driving as much as we love the run game, we love the run game. It's safe. It's comfortable. You know, it's like that heavy blanket, you know, that everybody's, you know, it's all the rage right now. You know, my daughter loves hers, can't sleep without it. But at some point, this is the National Football League in a league where people are not scoring as many points. So the door is open for you. The door is open for you if you can find a way to score more points. The defense the defense last week, even in sudden change situations, holding the 49ers to key field goals on a couple of those occasions to at least remotely keep you in the football game. Okay, the defense, after week two, we ask them to make adjustments. We ask them to play better. They have. They've given you every opportunity to win just about every football game. We went over the numbers you know, earlier this week. I mean, if they just get to the NFL average of 22, they win three more games. And we're not sweating out this playoff stuff the last two weeks. Yes, of course you you hold your own destiny still in your hands. You hold your playoff fate in your hands. The math says if you win your last two games, you're in. Okay? Now, whether you win those games 3-0 or 33-6, doesn't matter. Just get in. Once you get in, you got a shot. Okay? Once you get in, you got a shot. I mean, look, I mean, Ravens defense, you know, one year, masterful. You know, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with them. You know, Mark Rippon won a Super Bowl for Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs won a Super Bowl with three different quarterbacks. And, you know, when you when you look at, you know, I mean, look at the greatness of quarterbacks. Everybody says you've got to have the franchise guy. Well, I mean, in that case, Peyton Manning should have won seven Super Bowls. You know, he didn't. Why? Because he got beat by the other guy. He got beat by the guy in New England a lot. Got beat in the playoffs by other teams a lot. You know what? Just Tom Brady that eliminated them all the time. So you can have you can have that quarterback. Look at look at the Packers right now with Aaron Rodgers. Look at the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. Okay, it's not perfect. This league is hard. This is the best. These are the best of the best. This this league is hard. These are the best coaches, the best players, and you have to give yourself the best chance. And offensively, giving yourself the best chance is trying to get more explosive plays now again 
the, the good thing from last week in the brief time we saw Carson Wentz, he threw the ball short well. Okay, That's something that's hamstrung him a little bit in the past. Accurate, got the ball out, and let's face it, he has to get the ball out Okay, because he's not escaping. Taylor Heineke wasn't escaping as much of late. Okay, that's why he got banged up. That's why he's in the pocket getting hit. Okay, so that ball's got to get out. Ball's got to get out. It's got to get there in a hurry. Wentz gives you that opportunity. I thought Kevin said it best at the end of the, at the end of his program. When you look at this objectively, okay, you 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 look at yes, Taylor Heineke made a tremendous amount of progress from the guy that they pulled off his sister's couch during the pandemic when everybody was panicking, going, oh, my gosh, what if our entire room gets COVID? we got to have a quarterback. How far he has come has been extraordinary. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And guess what? This guy, by all means, has every right to be your backup quarterback for the next 10 years. He, he could be your Chase Daniel. And I think you should reward him in the offseason contractually to, to make sure he wants to stay here and be that guy. I, 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 I full, look, you can do a heck of a lot worse. You can do a heck of a lot worse than having Taylor Heineke as your reserve quarterback. Guy's proven that if you get an injury, he can come in and play multiple weeks and, and play reasonably good football for you. Is it going to be a little bit different? Sure. But I do believe they should reward him and, and essentially make him their Chase Daniel. Make him their Chase Daniel. Stick around for a while, Taylor. Glad to have you here. We're going to pay you a few million dollars. You're going to go from the outhouse to the penthouse. You know, put that degree at Old Dominion on hold, no problem. We're going to pay you a few bucks. And, and I think you can be right on both accounts. If you want to go to camp next year and let him and Sam Howell fight it out, yeah, it's great. If somehow Carson Wentz rescues his career over the next couple of games and wins a couple of games in the playoffs and all of a sudden this team goes somewhere, you know, that they're not supposed to go, then we reevaluate this thing with a, a, little, a, a little bit of a different look. But right now, the right move is Carson Wentz. The right move is Carson Wentz because he can just add a little bit more. He can add a little bit more. Now, sure, he could, get, he could sit back there and get sacked seven times by Miles Garrett and the Browns this week. Totally possible. Totally possible. Absolutely possible coming up this week. And then, then we, we realize that there are bigger problems here than, than just the quarterback. And perhaps... Perhaps this is, this is their way of masking that a little bit and masking the other issues that they have right now. I mean, you go look at the offensive line combinations that they've had to play this year, not just games that have started, but how they've had to play in games and you know do things in games with different combinations because of injuries, because of performance. You know, this offensive line right now, there's no way this offensive line looks this way next year. But this is what you got right now. This is what you got right now. And that, that is also a major factor here. It's a major factor here in what's happening. And can't be lost on this staff. And if it means, if it means leaving an extra tight end, hell, go double, go double tight. Run the football, double tight ends. McLaurin and Dotson and Samuel – and even Brown and Sims, all five guys can go win routes one-on-one. You know, throw the ball to Gibson out of the backfield if he's healthy. We told you, we, you know, 
Coach said he had a sprain. We knew he kind of disappeared the other day for a reason. But if that's going to be – if that's what's going to be that's going to keep Carson Wentz upright and it's going to give him a chance to throw the ball a couple times deep to Dotson, to McLaurin, to Samuel, to Brown, so be it. So be it. But, again, it Wentz probably is the one that gives you the more accurate opportunity to do that downfield and give those guys a chance to apply their trade at their maximum ability, 1v1, out on the outside. That's why you go with Carson Wentz. And, again, everybody takes it as a, oh, this is an insult to Taylor Heineke. No, it's not an insult to Taylor Heineke. Remember, Taylor Heineke was the reserve quarterback. He was the backup quarterback. But he's good enough to play some games for you as a starter. That's what you hope for. You hope your number two guy is that good. That's what you're praying when you build a roster. You're you're hoping you get that kind of production. That's where Ron, the GM, helps Ron, the coach. He brought in a number two guy that knows exactly, you know, what to do, knows the offense, and they were able to continue motoring along, and they have a chance to make the playoffs now. Ultimately, can you win these last two games? Could you do it with Taylor Heineke? Sure. Sure. But in a league right now where your defense is allowing 20 points or less each and every game, you've got to find a way to score more points. And Carson Wentz gives you the opportunity to do that. That's why Ron Rivera going with Carson Wentz coming up this week against the Cleveland Browns. And as you heard, if the game won you know, against the Cowboys means something, and Carson Wentz will be the guy again, obviously, if he's able to make it through the uh, ball game without getting hurt, getting sacked 100 times, and Taylor Heineke ended up having to take over again as the quarterback. In a way, I'd kind of like to see that last game not mean much and see Sam Howell. That way we can answer that question as well. I mean, there's a re- I mean that, guy, that guy was explosive with De'Ami Brown and company at North Carolina in his junior season. So there's a lot to like there about his future, and certainly as you evaluate that room for 2023, it'd be great to get a peek at that in a regular season game. But right now, you want them to win the last two, and it starts this weekend with the Browns. Coming up, anything but commander segment, new Navy coach Brian Newberry joins us next right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. David Marine Corps Memorial Stadium is where we're at. We'll be here until noon. And then, of course, we're doing the national broadcast of the Military Bowl. Coming up today, you'll be able to hear it on the Odyssey app later on this afternoon. The kickoff set for 2 o'clock today. Pleased to be joined right now and be able to introduce for the first time the head coach of the Navy Midshipmen, Brian Newberry. Coach, good morning. Morning, Pete. How are you? I'm doing good, sir. The question is, ultimately, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, A week into this journey and... um, you know, I, look, I mean, just like any coach, I mean, I, I know it, everybody aspires to be a head coach uh, at, at some point. And, you know, more often than not, coaches take over programs that are run down, have to be rebuilt. You you catch a break in that regard. You don't necessarily have to do that here uh, at the Naval Academy. Thoughts on this being the first opportunity now uh, that you get a, as a head coach? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a week. It feels like a month already, Pete, to be honest with you. But it's it's been uh, it's, it's been good, and no, you're you're exactly right. It's um, you know a great opportunity for me. I'm not not coming into a situation where I don't know the lay of the land, so to speak. Um, it's not a not a, a broken program by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so very fortunate, obviously, to, to to be the head coach here at the Naval Academy. Um, and then obviously, you know, I think we've got a great nucleus of players coming back, and, and excited about the future here. And we're just, uh, you know, it's not a not a rebuild, as I said before. Uh, it's just a, just a little bit of a reboot. And um, I'm, I'm extremely excited about the opportunity. Um, it, I've enjoyed. I've been a stressful couple of weeks, but it's, it's also uh, something I've, I've enjoyed. You know, starting a simple uh, staff and working through that, and um, just fired about the opportunity. Couldn't couldn't ask for a better situation really to step into. I was going to say, I mean, uh, you know a lot of the players already, obviously. That that helps. But more importantly, as you try to build a staff, and you know at this time of the year, um, I mean, it is massive commerce right now for coaches across the country with all of the, the changes that go on, even earlier uh, than before. That process in itself, I know it's so important because picking the right people uh, means so much. Just what goes into that process for you and what goes into a guy – uh, that Brian Newberry is going to feel comfortable working with going forward. Yeah, well, I think that you know, the first thing, Pete, is, you, is you, in this business, you, you want to go to work every day with people that 
that you trust uh, and that you know that are in it for the right reasons. Uh, we got to find some great coaches, uh, but obviously the, they got to be a fit here at the Naval Academy. They got to understand the mission of this place. Um, what's really important to me is that we find guys that that will pour into these young men and, and help develop them. And uh, that's that's a priority. And obviously, you know, with the um, acceptance of this job, you know, there's there's some changes that we we're going to have to make offensively. And so, working through all that as we speak, making some progress. I'm excited about that, but. You want to build a staff um, that loves and care about and cares about the players, and a staff that, that loves and, and trusts each other. And, uh, and, and the, you know, since I've been here, it's been a joy to come to work every day. And you, know, you might might see me skipping into work some days, but it's been a phenomenal job. And, and you know, that was created by Coach Nima. And um, you know, I, I plan to continue where he left off in that regard, and I know how important that is. I've been in this business for 22 years, and uh, the staff chemistry. Um, is the most important thing. Uh, that obviously trickles down to the players, and, and I want to make sure that we're all arrows pointing in the same direction, we're all on the same page, and, and that we all have the same vision for, for this program. And I was going to say, too, the views of the banks of the Severn on a spring, summer, or fall morning aren't too bad uh, here in Annapolis as well. We're talking with brand-new head coach Brian Newberry of the Navy football program. And, you know, Brian, look, for years we've watched offenses evolve. Uh, we've watched offenses evolve into spreads that throw it all over the place, people that have kind of perfected it. I mean, I look at the team that we're going to see today, and you all played a couple of weeks ago in, in UCF, a team that has kind of perfected you know, the balance part of it, willing to run it, yeah. also being able to throw it uh, on an awful lot. You, on the other hand, have, in my opinion, tried to evolve defense, though. It's easy for defense to just sit back and, you know, let teams go down the field, and then you try to hold them to a field goal in the red zone. You've kind of taken a different tact and, you know, with a more of an attacking defense. And if we're going to mm-hmm. get beat, we're going to do it attacking people instead of just uh, sitting mm-hmm. back. Where, where did that, where did that, where was the inspiration for that? And, and as you've tried to evolve that, obviously, uh, through the years here where you had one of the nation's top rushing defenses uh, this season, just where did that mindset come from? And, you know, why attack on the defensive side? Because we don't, I don't think we necessarily talk about that enough. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's, that's a little bit of my personality. That's the way I've, I've always um, done things on the defense side of football even, even before I got here to the Naval Academy. And, uh, you know, I think here, obviously, you, you run the option because it's a niche. It's hard to prepare for. It's different. It's an equalizer when you, when you have less talent at times. And I think, you know, when I got here, I wanted to take that exact same approach on the defensive side of the football. Um, how can we be unique? How can we, we be different? Uh, and then I think, you know, I've always had the philosophy to, to, to try to, in every situation to apply pressure uh, and not feel it. Uh, and so we're an attacking style of defense. We want to try to create turnovers. We want to try, try to create negative plays and to get people in third and longer type situations where we have a better chance of getting off the field. Uh, and we, we want to play an exciting brand of football. And I think that the kids see that and uh, they're they're attracted to that. You know, they, they don't want to want to play bend but don't break defense. You know, they want to. They want to blitz. They want to apply pressure. They want to do all those things. And so it suits who we are. It suits our players. Um, and, you know, I think that's the way you got to be in all three phases. You know, you got to be extremely difficult to prepare for. You know, I want to be a nightmare to prepare for in, in all three phases of the game. I want to have a niche in all three phases. I want to be different. I want to be unique. Uh, and that's and we're going to double down on that now. 
Wait, local kid too here, John Marshall. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, played at Gonzaga. Uh, Caleb and I look at it this way: this is a guy that was catching passes from Caleb Williams on this field here at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium uh, as a wide receiver. You know, and uh, but but Brian, you all changed him into uh, uh, just an incredible defensive player and a guy that could have easily been the defensive player of the league uh, in the American this year. What was it about John that you all saw and, and allowed him? to turn into such a masterful uh, defensive player uh, for, for Navy this season? Yeah, I don't I honestly, I don't think we knew what he would end up being when we recruited him. We knew he was a really good football player, uh, a really good athlete, and, and had the intangibles that we were looking for and the character that we wanted here. And, uh, and to John's credit, he just developed into a really, really good player. He was the kind of kid that came to work every day, did everything that he was asked to do, You know, played several different positions, before we actually figured out kind of where his niche was and just uh, the drastic improvement just from his junior to his senior year. Uh, i got to give Coach Caniglio a lot of credit with that too and, and helping John develop and, and uh, team develop some of the tools that he was able to apply and have success with this year. But he's just he's like a lot of our players. Um, you know, he, he's, a, he's a tough kid. He's, he's got an edge. He's got a, had a chip on his shoulder uh, and played extremely hard and, and uh, took coaching and studied the game and, and just continued to get better and better. And, and uh, you know, every, any other program, he'd, we'd have another year with him, uh, which, which I wish we could get. But uh, I'm just really proud of the way that he developed. And we've got a lot of guys just like him. And, and uh, you know, John took his role and really mastered it. And, and that position for us defensively, uh, when we're playing well, it's a, by nature of the defense, the way it's structured, that should be a really productive uh, position. And, um, and and John just took it to another level this year and, and uh, couldn't be more pleased and happy for the way his senior year went and, and what he gave to our program. We, we've documented pretty well, you know, over the last couple of years, offensively, the teams that run the option. It's not just Navy. But the blocking rules have changed, and, you know, th- those, are, those are very important details to what has made option offense work for several years uh, in college football. Hell, going all the way back to the 30s and 40s uh, sure. in this game. But as you, all, as you all sit as a staff eventually and try to, you know, identify what you want to do, you know, how important is it to weigh all facets of can we do this uh, even if you haven't done it before, um, mm. and at least explore, get an exploration mode of, of things that you can do, um, you know, with, with maybe tweaking the offense a little bit here because obviously you got to try and find more success in that vein. No question. You know, it's interesting, Pete. I went back and looked at the, the, the rushing numbers just for the academies. Um, you know, since the cut block, block rule came into effect, uh, and you'd be surprised I was a little bit, but um, the rushing numbers – Yards per carry were up this year. Um, then they were higher than they were the previous two years, and so I think the the cut block rule hasn't affected uh, the offense as much as people would think uh, or lead you to believe. At least the numbers tell you that. And so, uh, and talking to other guys, it, it really hasn't. You know, I talked to one guy in particular, and, and uh, you know, their cut blocks in the perimeter were were successful about twenty five percent of the time, um, and this year. And their ability to block and get a body on a body help them offensively, and so I don't I don't think that that's a, a problem. There's certain times where yeah you you'd love to be able to to go low and, and cut a guy or have that option that you don't now, um, but the option's not broke. Um, you know we we're gonna we're gonna be multiple now, but we we can't get away from uh, the under center option element. We we have to have that factor here, uh, and I believe in it. Uh, I think we've we've got to do it a little bit better uh, than we have. 
Um, but we've also got to be multiple. You know, we've got the ability to get in the gun, uh, to get the ball in the perimeter creatively, uh, to throw it when we need to, to loosen people up, uh, to get the ball outside on the perimeter in the throw game and be creative about how we do that. So uh, it, it's not going to be um, a, a – it's going to be a schematical change, uh, but there's certain elements that we're not going to get away from um, that I believe in, uh, that I believe you have to be able to do here to be successful at the academy. Obviously, your phone is wrong in the past. There have been opportunities. Why is this place so special to you? And uh, obviously a place that you've decided to stay and, and now, obviously a chance to build a program uh, with your name at the head of the mantelpiece here. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is a, a special place. I knew it when I got here. Um, and I think the thing that has kept me here more than anything is the kind of young men that we get to go to work with and coach on a daily basis. Um, I've said this before that I, I believe in, in the mission here of the institution. Um, and, you know, I love to develop young men and um, to facilitate and foster that, that mission of the academy is, is right on par with, you know, the things that I believe in if I was anywhere in the country coaching a football team. And so I love that piece of it. Um, and we've got unique kids here, you know, um, you're talking about the best and the brightest from all over the country. Uh, in our locker room, uh, and they're guys that that are that are a little different. You know, they're guys that are willing to go out and serve their country when they're done playing here, and, and that means a lot to me. And so it's a privilege uh, to be able to coach these kids on a daily basis. Um, I love this place. Uh, we, we love Annapolis, um, and you know, it's, it's just a, it's a special opportunity and a special place to be. And, and like you said, I've had some opportunities, uh, but at the end of the day, it's about the, the players that we get to coach here and the quality of the young man. Um, and just believing in what this institution is all, all about. And, uh, and I think this job has always been a great job. I think with the, the current climate in college football, with the portal and the NIL, I think it's gotten to be an even better job. Uh, those are the things that we don't, we don't have to deal with here. Uh, obviously, we can lose kids in the portal, but we're not dealing in the portal with transfers and, and those kind of things. And so the opportunity to truly to continue to be a developmental program um, is really important to me, and, and we can do that here uh, to build relationships with our players uh, that are long-term. Um, we're not a completely different football team year in and year out. And so that appeals to me. The quality of life here uh, has been awesome since I've been here, and uh, my, my wife and I love this place. You know, our two, two young kids were born here, and so uh, Annapolis is special. Uh, this place is special, and, and uh, I couldn't be more um, blessed to have the opportunity to, to lead this program. Be remiss if I didn't get a uh, opinion from you. Obviously, uh, folks here are going to get to see UCF. You've prepared for them uh, the last couple of seasons. What kind of a team are they going to uh, see here this afternoon uh, here at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium at two o'clock? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching it. Uh, I think both these teams are really really good football teams. Uh, both of them are really 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 well coached. I know a couple of guys on on the Duke staff. Um, one guy that uh, I played with and played for uh, while I was at Baylor, Trooper Taylor, and then Rich Krosky is, is on that staff as well. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Like I said, I think, I think Duke is a really well-coached football team. Um, I think they've done a great job there in, in his first year. And then UCF, obviously, is a very explosive offense um, and, and good on the defensive side of football, really athletic. So it's going to be a great matchup. Looking forward to watching it. Yeah, no doubt. Mike Elko proving already, hey, these defensive guys yeah. can win as head coaches out there. Absolutely. And, and, and I love putting, it. Exactly. Putting that myth aside. Coach, appreciate the time. Uh, happy New Year to you. And uh, certainly look forward uh, to the days uh, to come here in Annapolis uh, with you as the head coach. Appreciate the time this morning. Yes, sir. Happy New Year to you. Thanks, Pete.
You got it. Head coach Brian Newberry, new head coach at the United States Naval Academy as he takes over here in Annapolis where we are today, the host of the Military Bowl here at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. And uh, going to be a good matchup. And, and, you know, Mike Elko putting to rest, I mean, there's a lot, there's this, there's this adage out there that defensive head coaches can't win. We talk about it at the NFL level all the time. Mike Tomlin, of course, through the years has, you know, put that aside. You know, you, you obviously you see guys like Vic Fangio struggle in Denver as a head coach. I mean, as we're seeing now, I mean, there's more things that go into it than that. Maybe it wasn't all Vic Fangio uh, in Denver uh, in that situation because, I mean, they, they went with an offensive guy. They went with a guy that was coaching uh, Aaron Rodgers this year. and It was a complete and abject disaster. So maybe all the problems there in Denver weren't Vic Fangio uh, related. Mike Zimmer had a modicum of success uh, as a guy uh, there in you know, a place like uh, Minnesota. But, you know, relationships with players are also a, a big part of that. So, you know, defensive coaches can win. Just because they're a defensive coordinator doesn't mean they're not a good football coach. You know, Ron Rivera, you know, fighting a little bit of that. I mean, this is a guy that had a 15-1 season when he was at Carolina. So everybody just assumes, well, the defense here in Washington is going to be great. Well, right now the defense is pretty damn good. It's pretty good. Him and Jack Del Rio, philosophically, you know, whether they're completely in a line or, or not, you know, that that's but between those two. But they're certainly figuring out a way. There's no doubt about that. They are figuring out a way uh, to play reasonably good defense uh, right now. And, you know, hopefully they're going to be able to do that again this week. I mean, look, Deshaun Watson has not been very good. He's not been very good since he took over here in Cleveland. Looked like a quarterback that hadn't played in over a year. And, you know, you're hoping if you're Washington, you're hoping those struggles continue. You're hoping you can continue those struggles for a guy like Deshaun Watson this week. So, again, defensive-minded guys can be successful with the right, you know, not only the right thought process, but they need that support, you know, in terms of building roster and at the college level. You need that support on the administrative level. I mean, Brent Venables had a massive struggle this year at Oklahoma. You know, taking over for Lincoln Riley. Is that all on him? You know, I mean, uh, let's face it. I mean, you, you have you have a different quarterback. You know, you don't have Jalen Hurts. You don't have the Baker Mayfields uh, of the world. It was a different game. Dylan Gabriel, good quarterback. But, you know, it wasn't the same offensive system, you know, necessarily that Oklahoma had been running. Not necessarily all the same skill people as well. I mean, is one year an indictment on a guy like Brent Venables as a defensive guy, as a head coach? You know, that remains to be seen. But the job that Mike Elko did at Duke is simply fantastic. And you watch that team from one year to the next. I mean, that group is incredibly balanced offensively now. They've got a tremendous quarterback. And it's going to be a great day for a young guy from just over the bridge. And if the last guy from his hometown that came here is any indication, Charles Huff, the coach at Marshall, same town as Jamie on Franklin, who plays for Duke, it was a pretty good homecoming for Charles Huff here when he won 49-7. Jamie on Franklin's hoping the same thing happens today here for Duke in the Military Bowl. Coming up, we'll take a look at the night for the Washington teams last night. Simply sensational. Caps masterful at MSG. Wizards great at home last night. All that and more coming your way. And then we get into the big question. Carson Wentz is the man. Ron Rivera's made that official. We kind of knew that that's probably where they were leaning. It's his team for at least this week and hopefully into the playoffs because that's what you're hoping for right now. you got to support the guy because, you know, if you're rooting for your team to get to the playoffs, he's the man right now as chosen by the coaching staff. We'll talk about that with you in Touchdown at 10 coming up at the top of the hour. Right now we'll tell you what's trending.
And indeed, we will talk Capitals last night. Sensational performance. Didn't get a goal from Ovi. Didn't need it. Darcy Kemper, fantastic between the pipes last night for Washington. Connor Sherry with the final nail in the proverbial coffin with an empty netter. Washington dominates New York last night by a count of four to nothing. Wizards last night led by as many as 15 in the first half. They hold on to beat Philadelphia despite 48 from Joel Embiid, 116 to 111. Hey, Deion Sanders did a great job at Jackson State. He cultivated that. Uh, work there into a job at Colorado. Well, there's another defensive back that's coming to the coaching ranks. Ed Reed, the Hall of Famer, going to take over at Bethune-Cookman. That announcement made last night. That's a look at what's trending on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Three one two three zero zero nine eighty. That's how you get to us here. Touchdown at ten. We dive into Carson Wentz. It's his job now. What does he bring that Heineke did? Are there things that Heineke brought that Carson did? Yeah, sure. We'll talk about that coming up at the top of the hour. We'll get your opinions on that as well. But in our Wednesday segment, nine o'clock hour, we go anything but Commanders, especially when it's deserved. Any Capitals and the Wizards deserve it last night. Capitals. I thought their second period might have been as good a period as they played all year. Considering who they went to the ice with last night and how they played, taking the puck away from the Rangers in the neutral zone an awful lot. I mean, that game could have easily been 5 nothing after 2. Shosturkin was terrific for the Rangers. I mean, he was absolutely filthy on a couple of stops uh, that, that kept that game from being 5 nothing. I mean, Washington could have gone to the locker room after 2, up 5-zip very easily uh, in that second period. And, you know, you're, you're starting to – you're starting, even though you know the roster is what it is right now, you know there's no Oshie. You know there's no Carlson in particular with those two guys uh, being out right now. But, again, I mean, they, they, they start, you know, asking more of some younger guys. I mean, Eric Gustafson just continues. I mean, hell, you'd think he was Bank Gustafson with the way he's played. He's a defenseman, and he's stepping up in the rush. You know, he's gotten you some key goals here of late. Washington second in the league in defenseman scoring right now. So that's that's a positive sign. Again, when we talk about scoring, we talk about scoring. How do you win? You score. That's what we talk about with the, the commanders. How do you how do you win? You 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 score more. It's that's why they're that's why the commanders are sitting where they are. Because they don't score enough. Capitals have scored more. Getting scoring from a lot of non traditional places. You know, Lars Eller you know, was a little bit of a funk earlier this year. Lars Eller now playing really good hockey again. Last night had a fantastic game. Played like the Lars Eller that you, you hope uh, that, that you would get, you know, all the time. Guy played terrific last night. It was a great effort and, and great to see Kemper. I mean, you know, Chris and I were talking earlier this week about, you know, Lindgren and Kemper. I mean, what do you do there? But if that's the Darcy Kemper you're going to get, then, I mean, you got a great goaltending situation. I mean, if that's the Kemper you're getting with the way Lindgren has played, that's a heck of a lot more consistent than what you were getting last year. I mean, it's a heck of a lot better. So if that's what Peter Laviolette's going to get going forward, you know, the ultimate question is can you keep this up? We know how important 77 is uh, to this team. And when he's not there, you know, traditionally they've struggled. But right now, you know, they, they had that rhythm going. That room is responding Young players are responding. 
and hopefully they can continue that type of run that they're on right now. Very much back in the thick of things. Should be six back in the uh, Metro as of right now. A couple of weeks ago, man, we were like, man, you need a binoculars to see the top uh, of the Metropolitan. But great to see them performing, and great to see Chris. Ta- Chris and I talked about this yesterday. And I think it's right. You know, Capitals fan base, you know, rewarded, you know, for their loyalty. I mean, it hasn't been what you you wanted the last couple of years. You know, and it may it still may not be the same. I mean, you you, you still may get knocked out in the first round because that's how tough it is right now uh, in in the East. But you know, you talk about a fan base that is there all the time, man. You never there are never any questions ever, never any questions ever about. The, the Capitals fan base. They show up every night, every single night. You know, Monday night against Ottawa, you know, Saturday night against Pittsburgh. Same same bunches there. Same bunches there, and they deserve all of this that they get each and every year from this team trying to contend. And, again, your salary cap situation is what it is. You've got some big tickets. You've got some big tickets right now that really keep you from being as flexible as you'd like in terms of making moves. That's where – you know, unfortunately, where Brian McClellan is uh, in that situation. So there's not much he can do from a maneuvering standpoint with the roster. It's just what it is when you get the contracts that you have with guys like Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, and, and the like. You know, Carlson as well. I mean, that's, that's why you need production from those guys. So, but again, terrific effort from them last night. Also last night watching you know, the, the Wizards, and, you know, no 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 team the last couple of years has been more up and down. They got 10-3 last year and then collapse. This year, you know, playing around 500, collapse, and now all of a sudden resurgent a little bit. You know, I think the key, too, is this is probably the deepest their roster's been uh, in a while, uh, you know, more than a month at least. Uh, that's the key. You know, Wes Unsell Jr. had all of his parts, or at least most of them, you know, fully healthy last night. When you when you have that, it makes it makes life a lot easier for you. It, it really does. Um, and with the way Philadelphia had been playing coming in, you talk about another team that uh, been up and down. Philadelphia was miserable the first month, month and a half. I mean, listen to our sister station, WIP in Philadelphia. I mean, they, they, they could not have wanted to run Doc Rivers out of town faster. Uh, the first month and a half of the season. And, you know, Philadelphia won eight in a row coming into that game last night. And Embiid was filthy. There's no doubt about it. Uh, that guy, when he, you know, when power forwards like him, LeBron, physically when they get it going and they just get it in their mind that they're going to, I mean, you you could double him and it's not going to matter. So skilled around the basket, so skilled in so many ways, can beat you passing, can beat you with twos, can step out, you know, if he has to. Struggled a little bit from three-point range last night. But, my gosh, he gets into the lane and he goes, I mean, look, last night he went to the free throw line 14 times. Probably could have gone to the line 20 times. Probably could have gone to the line 20 times if Philadelphia would have thrown it to him even more. I mean, every trip last night, that guy should have touched the ball. And if you didn't, if you took a shot without him touching the ball, you should have come to the pine. I mean, he was unstoppable last night. 17 of 32 from the field, 13 of 14 at the line. He had 10 rebounds as well. Harden was, you know, James Harden. You know, I mean, 26 and 13. Also had seven rebounds as well. So, I mean, I mean those superstars give you what they're supposed to. But the, the, the thing last night was, you know, the overall effort 
you know, from the Washington side. I mean, Porzingis continues to play really good basketball. You know, stepped out, banged a couple of threes, built the lead up to 15, double-double for him last night. Kuzma's shooting last night, not as accurate. Still went and did what he's supposed to, you know, in the defensive glass for you. You know, as I said, Bradley Beal had some key moments in the first half as well. And that, you know, in my mind, that was the key is building that pad that you had, even though Embiid was doing what he was doing last night. I thought that was critical, uh, you know, in the game. So from that standpoint, good job by the Wizards last night as they win it by a count of 116 to 111, still sitting at 14 and 21 on the season. So uh, bench last night, Hachimura, there was a couple of moments there for Rui last night where I thought Rui was sensational uh, in the game, really aggressive, looking for his offense, and uh, did a solid job with that. He's 5 of 10 from the field. You know, and, and, again, he's a guy that's been unavailable. You know, I mean, he hasn't played. Uh, DeLon Wright coming back from the injury makes such a difference, I think, helping defend in the half court. You know, if he gives you anything, you know, off the bench from a point standpoint, it's great. But, you know, I mean, he gave you seven points last night. But, again, his ability to help defend on the perimeter uh, is is critical. And, you know, to, last night with no Barton, no Goodwin available, uh, obviously, uh, last night. I mean, Jordan's been, you know, fantastic off the bench uh, as well. You know, this is this is more of what Wes Unsell Jr. was hoping to have. And the question ultimately now is can they do it consistently uh, ironically, they won't see Philadelphia now again. They've played them three times already. Uh, Washington's won two of the three so far. They won't see Philadelphia again now uh, until March. Uh, kind of one of those little scheduling quirks. I mean, I'd much rather see them play, you know, the teams in the East even a little bit more. Uh, it, it's fun to watch Embiid. It's fun to watch Harden still. You know, James James probably not as consistent as he normally is, but uh, he's a guy that when you don't, you know, when you don't guard him uh, still has uh, a number of, uh, of ways to beat you and uh, was solid last night uh, for Philadelphia in that one. 3-1-2-3-0-0-9-80. Coming up, Carson Wentz. He's the man. They're going to give him the job. He'll be the starter this week against Cleveland. What does it mean? Your thoughts on it as well. It's your show for the final two hours. 3-1-2-3-0-0-9-80. Russell's off the rest of the week. You and me solo here Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as we come to you from Annapolis this morning right here on the Team 980. It's streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.